Welcome to Season 3 of Eloquentia Perfecta Ex Machina, a podcast series dedicated to the teaching of rhetoric and composition with and through a variety of media and focused on the writing program at St. Louis University. On this podcast, we interview instructors on how and why they use multimodal approaches, and we have instructors interview other instructors about the nuts and bolts of particular tools and assignments. In this episode, looking to share her experiences using service learning in the composition classroom, Anessa Kemna sits down with Colton Bureau to talk about how she structured her course, some of her biggest successes, and her goals to further this work in the class she's teaching this semester, as well as how others can incorporate service learning into their own classes. Hello, this is Colton Biro with Eloquencia Perfecta Ex Machina, and here before us today, I have Miss Anessa Kimna, our Regent Gallic Scholar. Hi. She's here to talk to us, sadly, not about Irish literature or about Irish culture or to speak in Gallic, although I tried to get her to do all of these things, but instead to talk to us about service learning, and particularly the way she incorporates that into the classroom. So, Anessa, what is service learning? So essentially the way that we've defined it is taking the classroom outside of the classroom. Um, so my goal with that was to to have my students interacting with the community around them instead of just sort of their insular community at SLU. So the goal with service learning in general was to get the student body to make an impact outside of outside of just the classroom. Wow. So to get beyond kind of the slew bubble, but also, I guess, to help them kind of encounter St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Yep. I wanted my students, because so many so many of our freshmen live on campus, and really, once they come here, they really don't get a chance to interact with the city that they live in. So I wanted them to become a part of the larger community that they're, that, you know, that they're, in, that they're living with. So to that end, yeah, I wanted that slew bubble is perfect really wanted to, to break that and get them to encounter and to impact their community. Yeah. How, um, I mean, just broadly, without um, going into too many specifics, which I'm sure you could, what kind of um, encounters were they having and what kind of organizations or, or what, how did they escape the bubble or escape the campus? So we sort of started this back because this pro- the, their service learning project was in a 1900 course. So as you know, we, we do the advocacy projects. And so we sort of started back the way that you would pick a topic for an advocacy project, and that was to highlight an issue that was important to them, whether that was local, whether that was international, whatever they wanted, you know, some, some sort of issue that made, that made an impact on them personally. Wow. And uh, from there, their job was to look at the St. Louis community and find an organization that spoke to that. What kind of organizations did they choose? Uh, so we had several students working at local food banks in and around SLU. One student worked at a place called Almost Home, which dealt with young mothers, sort of helping out with childcare. Uh, I had students working with female incarceration through a, a women's prison organization downtown. And that was just sort of an, one example of the places that they sort of went out to. Wow. So working with homeless populations and poverty and incarceration and early childhood development. Goodness, that's Mm -hmm. kind of a a broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. So they pick this interest in this organization, but how did that project look? Because I mean, 
the project was the entire semester, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the project itself lined up once they picked their issue, once they picked their organization. Then they conducted an interview, preferably in person, with one of the leaders at that organization to sort of find out what their mission was, what their goals were, what their needs were. And from there, it was their responsibility as we moved through the semester and sort of learned the rhetoric around this to construct a project that helped the organization reach some of their goals. So, for example, we had some students who, you know, the the organization said that their main trouble was that they didn't have enough funding. Mm -hmm. And so I had one student set up a raffle around campus so that she could help raise money for her organization. Oh, Um, wow. One student started a volunteer tutoring program. She was working with, actually, Marion Middle School, which is right around here. Right. Um, Um, A nativity school, so it serves um, junior high population, all girls, right? mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so she, she started a program to A, raise funding for them because they, they run on a lot of scholarships, and B, to um, set up volunteer sort of homework tutors for the students there. Wow. It seems like your students were really able to, I mean, just from these projects, engage um, kind of with their passions. Were you surprised by that? I was very surprised. So I warned them on day one that this was going to be a labor-intensive class because not all students want to engage with something like that in a 1900 course that they didn't necessarily want to take in the first place. <laughs> um, so I, I warned them ahead of time that this was going to require some off-site work, that this was going to require a lot more than a normal 1900 class might, and I told them that I would, you know, my feelings wouldn't be hurt if they dropped, which was untrue. I would have cried myself to sleep, but they didn't need to know that. And I didn't lose a single student. Wow. Um, they, they stepped up more than I ever thought a group of freshman students would. Um, they were they were passionate about their projects. Um, several of them are still actually volunteering with the organizations that they started work with in my class, which was spring of 2017. Um, so yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. And pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and so they produced this uh, rhetorical object, right? This mm-hmm. advocacy project. Mm-hmm. And then you say that it's labor intensive. What, what sort of outside of the project requirements were involved? How often do they have to go to the site? or? So I only required them, because it's a class of freshmen, many of them don't have transportation, many of them haven't learned to use the bus system around St. Louis yet, so I only required two on-site visits to the organization, just because I didn't want to make that a deal breaker for a student. Yeah. Was that two on-sites in addition to the interview? Yes. Okay. So they had to go on site, and that was sort of separate from their project. They just literally had to be there, being involved, seeing how the organization functioned so that they could, you know, as they worked with them, as they tried to find, um, as they tried to find out what that organization really needed, they could see how it worked from the ground up. Yeah. So this wasn't just, I didn't want them to just read a mission statement and think what, think they knew what they needed from there. I wanted them to see their organization in action and help that assess what they really needed. I I have to ask, did you have any um, opportunity for reflection upon those visits? Yes. That was actually how I kept, um, you know, it's it's difficult to keep accountability for that sort of thing. And so that was how I kept 
sort of track of what they were doing was after every visit, they had to write a 500-word reflection on their visit. And it didn't have to be, it wasn't a very structured writing assignment, but they just, they had to tell me, tell me about what they did and sort of how they felt about it each time they visited. Oh, wow. As they're, as they're reflecting upon it, did you, this is kind of a see if you remember 2017, but was there a growing sense of with each visit, the students seemed to be more engaged or were you? Yeah, um, it depended on the student. You know, it's some of them engaged more than others, but for some of them, I could definitely see them deepening their involvement. And the really good ones were sort of bringing in their things, their, their recollections from the previous visit. So they would say, you know, last time I was really uncomfortable and I was, I was very shy and I didn't know what to do. And this time I felt like I just sort of fit right into the workings. Some of them have sort of built relationships. The, the student who worked with the pregnant mothers and stuff at the daycare and sort of shelter situation said that she was really forming relationships with some of the parents and the children. And she talked a lot about that in her reflections. And that really increased as she went on. Wow. That sounds like a moving experience, both for her, but also for you to, to see that at work. It was. Um, I had one student, and I, I actually wrote this down in a, in a Facebook memory because it makes me happy every time I see it. <laughs> um, I had a student come up to me during one of our classes and say something along the lines of, I don't want this to just be a one-and-done project that I did for a class. I want this to make a continuing impact. Wow. And so you... that, <laughs> it makes me cry a little bit every time I read it uh, because it was just, they they understood the impact they were making, I think, even if they didn't know, you know, even if their impact was small, they understood the larger purpose behind what we were trying to do. They understood that it wasn't just a project. Wow. That's, so you start the class with, get ready, guys, this is going to be intense and (laughs) buckle up and I don't feel bad if you drop. And then suddenly the students respond by going above and beyond and, and really engaging. Yeah. They, they rose to the challenge magnificently and like I said, more than I ever would have even expected out of a out of a 1900 class. Um, I had, you know, I, I thought they would engage because we tend to have really good students at SLU. But I didn't, I never expected the level of commitment that I got from probably more than two-thirds of the class. Wow. So the project, they've got to go to the service site twice. They have an interview, which they need to do, find out the missions, create some type of rhetorical object advocating for one of the organization's goals, Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So this was one case in which I shot a little higher than I was able to actually climb. Um, <laughs> the goal was to actually really get these projects implemented, to actually run these raffles, to start the volunteer drives around campus. We fell a little short of that because this was the first run of the project. Hmm. So I had them write up a a plan, you know, a we used to, you know, the way we used to run the 1900 courses, this would have been the proposals. They actually had to have a proposal for what they would do, how they would do it, what supplies they would need, et cetera, you know, what audience they would reach out to. I and, see. And then they would present that at the end of the semester um, at, a, at a little public showcase that we did. Uh, public to? Um, I actually, I invited the whole campus. Oh, um, wow. I had sent out. It wasn't super well attended because it was finals week. Oh, um, <laughs> that would so do the, it. The timing was a little poor, but um, we had an open classroom. We had some food, and each student was set up at a desk with some kind of visual presentation, whether that was a PowerPoint or a poster or some sort of visual aid. 
Um, and then we had guests come in and walk around to the different tables to see what they were up to. Now, if we'd had their projects implemented, more of them would have had like sign-up sheets or items to sell or raffle tickets or, you know, volunteer coordinator type materials. Um, again, because we sort of ran short on time, mostly what they were doing was presenting their plans and making pitches for their organizations. Gotcha. Um, and it was actually, I mean, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't super well attended just because of the timing, but we had we had a steady crowd through the whole class. Wow. And they were very, that was, again, heartwarming because I got to watch them make their pitches for these places that they'd been working with and see the passion that they developed for working with these people. Hmm. So it sounds like the passion was great, the engagement was great, so I have to ask the question, what would you change or <laughs> modify or do differently when you teach this next time? So I would get us going a lot earlier. I sort of gave them a long time to wander into topics because I didn't want them to pick hastily. So it was a noble aim, but we only have a 16-week semester. Uh, hmm. uh, so I would have them on the ground running with an organization much sooner because I think the really important part of this is implementing what they create to give them that sense of reality that they so rarely get from a classroom. You know, that, that idea that they're really making an impact, that they've done something concrete and tangible. Hmm. And because we didn't get to that final stage, I think they lost a little bit of that. That reality which they would find outside of the classroom, how would you describe that as fitting in with sort of the mission of SLU or the goal of even a college education to go a little meta and take a step <laughs> back? Um, I think it sort of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that, that knowledge that they have made an impact, that they have offered some kind of tangible assistance or support to the community around them, which I think really fits in with that, with that Jesuit mission of, you know, reaching out and, and bettering the community around you where you're sort of living. That's what I wanted them to, to feel and to encounter and not, not in just a look at us, we're being very charitable way, but we're interacting, we're not just assisting, but we're supporting. And that's really what I wanted them to get that get from that, that sense of being a part of something and being a part of making it better. Yeah, and I mean, to kind of loop back to, as you <laughs> had them start the project and interview the organization to find out the organization's wants, that sounds like it was a way to avoid the kind of white savior complex, the yes. I have come to save your organization. Yes, that was a very big part of what I wanted to, to dodge with that part of the assignment was I don't want you to just sit down and decide what you think they need because what you think they need may not, you know, you may think, oh, you guys must need volunteers. You must need money. They might be super well-funded. They might have plenty of volunteers. What they might need is, you know, the ability to hire someone to work in the back and fill out paperwork. So I wanted them to really listen to these places and not descend from on high as saving <laughs> angels. As you had the students, um, you know, actually interview and ask the question, what, what do you guys want to do? Or let me rephrase that, ask the question to the organization. As you had them ask that, did you find any students were surprised at what the organization answered? Or Yeah, I think a lot of them were surprised when it wasn't a funding situation. Um, when it was something more tangible, when it was something like wanting supplies or, you know, something like wanting more people, because so many of them have had exposure to service learning through um, various programs at SLU, like a, a lot of our med students, our pre-med students, I believe, have to do service hours. 
mm-hmm. or so say my students. <laughs> um, so I think they were surprised at sort of the sort of offbeat needs that, that some of these places had, you know. Um, one was working with a shelter, and she spent her entire project literally trying to collect pet blankets. Uh, I'm um, sorry, pet? Pet blankets. Uh, pet blankets? What yes, is... for like kennels um, in the shelter. Oh, so because that was a huge, it was a huge need for them. Did you require her to uh, get pet blankets for the cats at the shelter or <laughs> was that? Uh, that was, I mean, that was her goal would have been to either raise money or to actually have people donate these things. But again, we didn't get to the execution stage, but that was her, that was her plan was to set up, um, to set up a program to enable them to purchase more of this very specific supply. Wow. Did you find it difficult? Uh, so it sounds like the students were going in, they were encountering all of these people, they were really stretching themselves. Uh, did you find it difficult, not necessarily to require it, but as you were planning this project, would you have required them to go to the site more um, in the future? Yeah, I think I would like to do probably not a ton more because, as I said, I don't want that part to be so difficult that it discourages them from a lot of the good that I think they can do. But I, I would have liked them to go a few more times. And in the future, I may make it a minimum of two and then offer some sort of incentive to do more. Again, because having the two meant that some of them could choose organizations a little further afield from SLU because right. they only had to undertake a difficult journey once or twice. So I would hate to limit that, especially because we're dealing with a population that's largely unfamiliar with SLU's transportation situation if they don't drive themselves. Right. So I was trying, while making them stretch themselves, to deal with logistics that, you know, if I made it too difficult, they weren't going to engage. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I would, I would like them to be more involved. Um, I did, like I said, have some students who maintained their connections. I had one student who started bringing his family to volunteer at one of the food banks with him. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it, it spread out. And that wasn't every student, but, mm. you know, it was, it was several, so. Gotcha. Can I ask a hypothetical? Please. I'm just going to ask it anyways. Please do. Um, what would you have done differently if you were doing this project in, let's say, um, I'll give you two hypotheticals, in a medical humanities uh, structured 1900 or in a 1900 somehow which has more upperclassmen than freshmen? Um, so for the themed course, I think I would try to specifically let them, again, focus their interests more closely around the theme of the course. So I gave them just free reign for this course because it was one of the un- unthemed sections. So I, I let them do whatever they wanted. I think in a in a medical humanities course, as the example you gave, that mm. I would we would spend a little time looking at you know issues within the medical fields and and how that interacted, and then I would probably try to get them to focus their work in that in that field a little more specifically. Mm. Um, this is actually something I'm currently working through because I am teaching what, uh, a themed section in the fall. And so I still really, I haven't been teaching for the last year. Um, I've been working service stuff in the department. And so I've been really itching to get back on the ground with this project again. Mm. Um, But I need to find a way to tailor it for a theme. Do you know what your theme will be in the fall? Uh, Nature and ecology. So we may be running something of the nature of the city or something, something along those lines. I haven't decided. I just found this out uh, yesterday. So... Interesting. Would you do something maybe with the uh, the community garden projects or? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I would I would definitely encourage them to run their run their stuff more towards that end of it. Um, I haven't decided if a student is particularly passionate about something, if I would still sort of let them wander off in their own direction. But I think pushing them outside of their comfort zones, and whether that is a theme situation or this project in general. Yeah, when thinking of the way in which this project runs almost the entire semester and it requires all the involvement, one question kind of comes to my mind is where and how did the Disologoi play a part? So that was sort of in the early stages of while they were picking the issue they wanted to work with. Um, so I had them I had them pick the issue before they picked the organization, like I said earlier. And so the Disologoi, they wrote just based on on the issue they were they were researching. Oh, okay. Um, so that's something that I would have to adjust if I picked if I have them pick their issues a little bit earlier mm. um, and their organizations a little earlier, because if you don't balance that out, then the all those sort of technical assignments start to feel a little bit false, um, just in the sense that they have something something concrete to do. So the more theoretical si- assignments make them they struggle with that a little bit. So it's making making all the technical writing assignments feel relevant to the project. Hmm. which requires a little bit of retooling. Wow. So making, I loved the way you phrased that, making the technical assignments applicable, right? Um, in some ways, pulling them out of the slew bubble um, and bringing them into an encounter with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like this project was a very good experience for you, but also a wonderful one for the students. Yeah, I had, I mean, I had a blast. It was probably the most fun I've ever had teaching 1900. Part of that I have to attribute, and I know they'll probably never hear this, but I told them this many, many times. They were I've been teaching since 2012 um, in various capacities. They were the best class I have ever had. They were engaged with each other. They were engaged with me. They were friendly. They were sometimes a little challenging because they were very high-spirited, but they were just passionate all over, which just made them a joy to work with. All right, that's it. Sign me up. Is there anything else you want to throw in the pitch about this type of project um, and service learning in the classroom? Um, I think if you can make your classes feel externally applicable, it's really amazing how they rise to it because we always sort of, in many ways, you know, we try to overestimate them, but we often do underestimate our students. I did that in this project and they showed me up (laughs) hardcore. They just, they put me to shame because I had, I had low to middling expectations and they just blew them out of the water. So I would say, you know, we don't often do stuff like this because it is more involved. We don't think they'll do it. We think they'll fight us. And that may be true sometimes. But in this case, putting faith in my students rewarded me more than I ever expected. And then the other more concrete part of this pitch is I am hoping to run this this fall again for my class. And if I do so, please come to the showcase because I think this class didn't have as much involvement in that. Um, and they really wanted that. They wanted mm. to show the community what they'd been doing. They were proud of what they had created. Um, and I would love to be able to let them show that to their their peers, but also, you know, my colleagues in the grad program, our faculty. I would like them to get a chance to really see that their contributions matter. Mm. Well, Anessa, thank you so much for your time. And <laughs> in particular, thank you for talking about sort of a wonderful project, and even more importantly about your love for teaching and your love for just the students and that encounter and the way in which you've kind of brought all of that to the forefront in creating something. 
So yeah, thank absolutely. you. Yeah. Hopefully next time in our next Eloquentia Perfecta Ex Machina, we can talk about, you know, uh, Gallic studies. Um, <laughs> but for now, thank we, you so much. We don't much. have space for that. <laughs> we don't have space for that. Well, thank you so much for your time and have a great day. If you'd like to get involved in this podcast series, share an assignment, tool, or even to pitch an interview, please contact me, Byron Gilman Hernandez at byron.gilmanhernandez at slu.edu. Eloquentia perfecta ex machina. Eloquentia perfecta ex machina. Eloquentia perfecta ex machina.